You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 15 of PlayStation Unchained, PSU.com's one and only podcast. I'm your host, uh, with the most, apparently, Michael Harridans. <laughs> and as you can tell from that little um, batch of laughter there, I am joined by the one, the only, Kyle Prahl, who's also my boss, so I'll be on my best behavior right now. <laughs> How's it going, man, Kyle? I, it's going, it, it's, it's great, man. I, I, I don't want you to ever call me that again, though. <laughs> I won't. I won't call you that again. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we have. Yeah, technically, technically on the ladder, Carl is ahead of me, but we kind of like to see each other on the same level, don't we, buddy? I guess. I don't know. I don't know, man. You've got you had so much seniority, and you were so well ingrained into PSU when I first came on that it's it's, it's impossible for me to <laughs> you as anything other than the senior writer among us all. Oh, I'm blushing, I'm blushing. <laughs> anyway, dude, it's good to have you on the podcast. And I haven't yeah, dude, it's been forever. For a long, awesome. long ass time either. So I know. It's cool. Um, joining me and Kyle is obviously our um, partner in crime, Ben Shillabeer Hall, aka Chili. How's it going, Ben? <laughs> I'm pretty good. And if you're going to be calling Kyle boss and you're my boss, then I guess I've got to call Kyle big boss. No, nah, there's no boss. Yes. In there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Big boss sounds good. Yeah. All of a sudden, that justifies everything. Surely, that's yeah. great. Boss. Yeah. Again, and last but not least, uh, we have fellow UK writer and editorial assistant Paul Kelly. How's it going, Paul? I'm good, thanks. Thank. Oh, you guys. I'm Chipper. Rather chipper, old buddy. Very, very. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm doing. I'm doing a little bit better than all of you, right? I mean, I've got a PS4 in my living room. It's just just through the door that way. So. Yes, Kyle. As you will find out soon, um, it's been going hands on with Sony's uh, next generation console, and he is giddy with excitement about it. Yeah, and we can't wait to hear about that later on. First things first, though, guys. We should probably go on with some news. And I'm going to do my best to try and condense this as much as possible. But as you can expect, it's been a bloody busy week on the news front. <laughs> but we kick off with something that's actually exclusive to PSU, um, which is uh, written by Stephen Williamson, our PSU head honcho. Working with PS4 is a, quote, dream come true, unquote, says Witcher 3 developer. This is uh, an exclusive interview at PSU.com with, oh God, this is a big name, uh, Mikhail Koresiminski, senior art producer for the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt at CJ. Uh, CD project um, basically tells us um, when probed about PlayStation 4 hardware, Krizimins- hardware, Krizimins-ky states that, and here we go, another quote: "It's a dream come true when it comes to game development." Uh, unquote, as they haven't had to, had to think about hardware limitations and were simply able to unleash their creative firepower. Um, we did actually um, ask them if the uh, game maxes out PS4. Um, and he says, that's a really tough question to answer because you learn the system along the way and games that are developed at the end of a console's, console's life cycle are always better looking despite the hardware remains unchanged. Um, I think we can all agree that PS4 is already pumping out some amazing games, but God knows what it's going to be like at the end of its cycle, though. Uh, so, guys, what do you think? The Witcher 3, that's a massive game that's coming out. Um, what, it's, um, from what we've seen so far, it certainly looks a business. What do you reckon, Carl? I know you're a big fan of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, I saw this at E3, right? And I, I vouched for it really heavily to be our RPG yeah. of the show. And that was back, you know, when we were still in like the really early throes of kind of this next gen conversation. And I actually, yeah. 
you know, with all the craziness that's been happening the last couple of months, I kind of forgot about The Witcher 3's eventual release. And now that I'm thinking about it again, I mean, man, that game is pushing some serious next-gen visuals. I remember sitting in this room and we saw this wind like blow through this kind of dense forest and not uh-huh. like like the the trunks of the trees were buckling mike i mean like the oh, trees wow. were, were like <laughs> yeah this this wasn't just like leaves kind of rattling and branches kind of slowing. i mean you had like literal trunks and trees looking they were about to snap and fall over oh, um yes, everyone yeah. in the room was just like oh man did you see those trees yeah it was pretty uh, cool so yeah I, I mean i i don't doubt that cd project red is is pushing hardcore visuals at all but i also doubt that that's going to be the top best looking game on PS4 ever. I mean, we got seven years ahead of us. At least, yeah. No, it's funny you say that because I thought um, Assassin's Creed 4's um, PS4 kind of next gen overhaul with the, um, they have like the you know, the water effects and like when you're moving through the underbrush and stuff. It's, it, oh, you yeah. Know, yeah. The uh, vegetation like moves realistic. I thought that was impressive, but this sounds. Man. Wow, this sounds great. That's the game I can't wait to play it too, because I'm reviewing Killzone and Knack right now, so I have I've kind of been putting Assassin's Creed Four aside because I've like yeah. been waiting to play the next gen version. I just want to be able to sit down and just binge and totally be consumed binge. by it. I love that. Well, yeah, totally. I want to binge out on that as well because I've obviously got the <laughs> PS3 version, which I reviewed, but um, yeah. I really, really want to get. To, I'm actually getting that as well for PS4 because I'm um I want to start collecting these uh, the Assassin's Creed for PS4 from now on. So I thought, what well, better time to start with that? Yeah, man, <laughs> anyway, there you sorry, go. I'm going off topic here a bit. Um, has uh, uh Ben and Paul, what do you reckon about The Witcher? Anything to add on that? Well, to be fair, Witcher 2 was a pretty damn decent game. I, have, I didn't play much of it, but I did play a bit of it. Uh, do, I must be, I'm looking forward to playing it on the PS4, especially with remote play. Mm, yep. yep. Yeah, yep. I remember when that came out. That was um, both um, in terms of gameplay and visuals. That's a very, very impressive game. Um, how about you, Paul? Anything to add, or shall we move on? Um, I've not played either of the Witcher games, but yeah, let's see. That's let's tough. see what let's see what CD projects are made of. Yeah, I know that number two had an Assassin's Creed Easter egg. Ah, so we can link them there. Clever. <laughs> I think it had like a, a, you go around to this haystack and it had like a dead assassin who tried to do a, a leap of faith by a haystack. But he's obviously sprawled out on the ground, so it didn't go according to plan, <laughs> which is quite funny, actually. Um, okay, guys, um, keeping in tune with PS4. Uh, PS4 sales to outpace Xbox One by two to one. Uh, sales of the PlayStation 4 expected to outstrip those of Xbox One by a ratio 2 to 1 according to analysts uh, Ledshift. Um, they say that uh, they've done a poll. Um, they've got an extensive uh, range of sites that they've um, quizzed um, consumers about what um, console they want to buy and everything and things like that. Um, over a fortnight, um, oh wow, 253,180 users tweeted about PS4, while 145,574 tweeted about Xbox One. And let's just say a significant chunk, um, more people said they were going to buy X, uh, PS4 compared to Xbox One. And it seems to have, um, it's, it's an interesting way to gauge um, interest because obviously this is um, just tweets. I mean, there's no way those will, tra- we don't know if those are going to translate into actual sales. But the buzz on the um, net is very, very positive for PS4 this week. So um, what do we think about that, guys? It's um, PS4 launch week. The buzz is really high. I mean, what can we? I mean, that's that's the norm, I guess. I mean, it's great for Sony, isn't it? You know, they're generating a lot of positive hype. <clears throat> Definitely. Yeah, this is going pretty well for them. Um, ben, um, Paul, have you been seeing much about much on Twitter about PS4 and your travels? I know you guys are heavy Twitter users, especially you, Ben. A lot. <laughs> yeah, quite a lot. <laughs> I thought I'd bring that to you because I know you. I know you practically live on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much do live on Twitter. <laughs> 
Uh, so you've seen some good stuff on PS4, then? Oh, yeah. There's been a few people with issues, but... Yeah. You know, to be fair, I'm not going to bring up that much now, because I'm sure we're going to talk about it later, but yes. it's a launch. You've got to mm. expect some issues. Yeah. Okay. I, I think uh, what's one thing that's I found really cool about Twitter is that every screenshot that you share from uh, PS4 kind of starts by default with the hashtag PS4 share. So it's a really easy way to just, just filter it to PS4 screenshots on Twitter, which I thought was really cool. I mean, obviously you can change that, but I mean, why would you want to? It's a cool way to congregate them. Sounds really good. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's uh, pretty much the end of that one anyway. That's pretty simple there. But yeah, good. it's good, guys. Apparently, there are a lot of people, um, more people uh, concerned with um, Xbox One in terms of like, uh, a lot of people said that um, the launch lineup for PS4, this is a separate survey, was far more appealing than the Xbox One as well, which is interesting to note. So there we go. It's not just about the hardware. Um, okay, this next one is quite interesting, guys. It's more analyst predictions, but it's quite significant. Uh, PS4 to hit 49 million sales by 2017. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, we've all heard these kind of things. It's not actually Michael Pachter. Oh, I was going to say, if it's Michael Pachter, I'll have to either double it or half it, because it's always a lie. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's not actually Pachter. It's um, IHS. Um, but there we go. Yes, uh, let's just get into the meat of it. Um, uh, they say Sony's PS4 positioning since its announcement has been heavily centered on the game, on the games. While Microsoft has attempted to implement a mixed and broader entertainment and gaming message, I think um, everyone pretty much gathered that from E3. Um, PS and PS4 has always been about. They've always said it's been about the games and everything. Uh, Greg, going to say uh, this different approach will influence the choice of some early adopters. The strength of exclusive will be also key to consumer adoption. At this time, IHS believes that Xbox One's exclusives are more formidable for a wider set of games, especially in the open launch period. Hmm. Interesting. However, when it comes to um, uh, performance by the end of the year, uh, they expect PS4 to sell 2.4 million units uh, compared to Xbox One's 2.2 million. Uh, now, guys, I've read quite a lot of... Um, I can't even remember the source because there's been so many of them. Quite a lot of um, analysts predicting who will sell more. And PS4 always seems to be in front by just a little bit. Um, anywhere between 200,000 to half a million for what I've seen. So it's interesting right. to see. But, I mean, everyone throws numbers around with these guys. But realistically, if we can gauge, how realistically do, do we reckon PS4 is going to top xbox one based on everything we know what do you reckon i mean it's really hard to say because we've had so yeah. much uh, market share for for xbox 360 here in the united states and that's only recently kind of started to shift in people's mind but you know despite yes. the despite the early launch problems i think the general public opinion right now is that it's been a, a by and large successful launch and and people's expectations being met and they were already absurdly high so it can yeah. only be a good thing i mean i I, th- I think it's got a better chance than it ever has to catch up to Xbox in the United States, but then everywhere else in the world, it's probably not even a competition. I mean, no, it's, like, it's, no, it's in the UK terrible. as well. Hmm. UK is Microsoft land as well. Is it? I thought we yeah. were. So, I thought it was always been predominantly Sony over here. Or is that? No, UK is always no. UK has always had better sales for the Xbox than it has the PlayStation. Well, I know mainland Europe is definitely PS yeah. PlayStation. Definitely, I'm sure um, Sony was at least. Yeah, mainland Europe is. It's just UK. Mm. It sucks. Okay. Right. Here, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> um, yeah. As Carl said, I mean, Japan, for example, is just um, that's a no-brainer. That is, you know, Xbox. Yeah. Don't even know what. I can't even recall what Microsoft's plans are for Japan. The Xbox One is it even being released there? <laughs> <laughs> 
Same respect. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I, beyond the just the console too, I'm hearing really good things about software sales. Uh, Andrew Reiner, Game Informer's executive editor, tweeted a little bit ago that PlayStation Four game shelves are just picked clean everywhere. Like there's a lot of software sell through, and that's that's how Sony recuperates its costs. So if you're going to judge the success of a console on anything, it's got to be how much money you make from games. Yeah. Um, it's, um, back to the whole, um, you know, the, um, the sales and everything. It's interesting that from what I've seen, the, uh, the, adopt, uh, the, the PS4 and Xbox one seems to be very close in terms of like, in terms of what people think they're going to sell. I think it, it just, it really comes down to kind of, I think in a way, what exclusives you want really. Cause both of them are so neck and neck in that from what I've read, they're very, very close. And a mm. lot of people I've seen have said, you know, it just depends. The exclusives are going to be more key than ever. It's because it's those games that separate them. Because there's a lot of, there's so many, you know, you've got the multi-platform games which are coming out on both formats. And in terms of the hardware, they both seem to be generating a lot of pre-orders and everything. And a lot of commentators have said it's, it's down to those exclusives. So it'd be interesting to see, like, you know, how people sway in that motion. But anyway, that's just, um, that's just opinions I've read. Mm. Uh, Paul, do you have anything to add to that? Well, the PS4's, well, the only current game sale in the UK, Call of Duty Ghosts, got sixth in the charts, UK charts, when it launched. Yes. So, yeah. so that kind of says, you know, the console's not even out for another couple of weeks, but yet it can, a game can still chart. And it can outsell the Wii U. Oh, yeah. And it's <laughs> <game>. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, dear, yeah, that was... Um, Timing! Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Nintendo, but okay. Um, moving on to the next one. This is um slightly off uh, PS4 here, but I couldn't resist posting uh, bringing this up because I think it would be of interest to um at least one person on this podcast. Um, <laughs> speaking <laughs> during an interview with Kotaku, uh, Sony's uh, Sony's Adam Boys confirmed that it has taken notice of fan requests to see the likes of cult classic Shinru and um of course the uh, PSP game Final Fantasy Type Zero localized to PlayStation platforms. Um, now guys, Final Fantasy Type Zero um. Obviously, that's been out for a couple of years now, and they haven't... Um, Longer uh, than that, I think it is. It's it was, quite a long time. It's 2011, I, I looked when I did this. Yeah, um, and the, yeah so that's still, that's still a long time. That's still two years. Um, um, uh, but today, uh, Square Enix hasn't revealed any plans to localise it. Um, also, Shenmue was actually... Um, which is the Dreamcast series. That was actually rumoured to be um, coming out in HD form um, earlier last year, but that never materialised. But basically, Sony has got this big-ass list of of games that fans are asking for and apparently the latest accuser Shenmue and Final Fantasy Type-0 are on the top and they really want to make sure that these games happen so it sounds like they're really going to work around to get these fans reached, which I think is pretty cool I mean the fact that they're still talking about Shenmue which is the definition of a cult hit I think that's <laughs> quite impressive actually and I presume they're talking about the um, old games and not a, not a third game although that would be awesome but yeah, I think Type Zero. I think everyone would love to see Type Zero um, released, wouldn't you guys? Oh, oh yes. absolutely! In yeah. fact, I'd love to see um, a little bit of a visual boost, kind of a remaster type thing on on PlayStation Vita. I honestly don't think oh, I would go great. back and play it if it was only on PSP and like didn't have a Vita oh, compatible yeah. digital release. Yeah, like, no, no Carl. Yeah. <laughs> Originally, when they announced the idea of making it for the Western release about last year or so. Mm-hmm. They said that they did do the assets for uh, um, the Vita as well, so that if they did do a Western release, it would probably be the Vita version, but it'd be an enhanced PSP. Mm, okay. 
Well, there yes, you go. It's, um, it's a no- so it'll probably be between the two different hardware. Yeah, it won't be as good as a Vita game, but it won't mm. be as bad as a PSP. Right. There was a note at the end of a poster. Um, however, the company flirted with the idea of a HD console release at some point, so I'm presuming that's what you're talking about, Ben, along those lines anyway. Um, yeah. But nothing's really come out of that. But yeah, um, either way, I am really, really pleased to hear that. I know for a fact that Dan will be chuffed to hear that they're talking about... Um, well, uh, whatever, I'll read a quote, actually. Uh, short quote. We've got tons of requests for Accuser, a ton of requests for Shenmue. We see the lists. So there we go, guys. It's totally up for everyone, I think. Um, I'm they... just going to end this section with... So good. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm a, I won't go into it too much, but I'm a massive Shenmue fanboy, and I would love to see uh the HD versions of that. Um, but uh, Dane will also be pleased to hear about the Yakuza games. Um, guys, have you ever played Yakuza Two any of them? Because I actually haven't, and I've been told no. I have. No, I can't remember. I, I know I played a demo of one of the Yakuza games a few years back, but I don't remember what what one it would have been. Yeah, they, yeah um... I think I have. Yeah, demo. It was cool. a Japanese demo, so I didn't understand yeah, yeah. what the hell I was doing. <laughs> exactly. All right, yeah. Okay, um, right, guys, back on the PS4 um, train. Um, well, this one's a little bit of a, a bummer, I guess, as Gay Lee would say. Uh, PS, uh, PS4 Killzone, Knack Reviews, Disappoints, Only Shuhei Yoshida. Um, we've probably all heard about this, guys, but um, both games, as well as um, Resident Gun, uh, were reviewed by the um, press this week, and um, Knack, in particular, generated some pretty... Um, Middling reviews. Kill zones were positive, but they weren't quite as high as one may have thought. Um, there was one, I believe, out there which was five out of ten. Uh, no, Polygon's no. going to polygon. <laughs> okay, apparently. Yeah. Sorry, carry on, Paul. No, I was just laughing. Yeah, polygon. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. It was Ben. Okay, but um, he's um, yeah, but um, Yoshida San is obviously a little bit bummed about that. He has says, I quote, "Yeah, it's disappointing to see some of the low scores." Speaking. Uh, to um, GI.biz. I haven't spent enough time reading reviews, but I would char- characterize them as mixed, which is a very fair um, evaluation. They are the very definition of mixed, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes on to say, yeah, he, uh, he goes on to say, and with this launch, there are lots of games coming out, so the media must be very busy going through the games quickly, and especially since the online functionality wasn't ready until the last couple of days. So we have to look at how much time they spent on what aspect of the games and how much they may be contributing to some of the lower scores. It's disappointing, but I don't think it's worrisome for the launch of the system. Um, I was gutted, to be honest, to be frank, to see some of the lower scores, especially the kill zone. I really, really... It's not what you want to see at a launch at all, but I really hope that this doesn't put people off. But um, obviously, Carl, Carl's the man to go on this, and we're going to talk extensively yeah, sure. about this and the thing. But Carl, if you can just kind of um, briefly touch on it, do you reckon it's? Do you reckon that people have got anything to worry about these games at all? Without yeah, going too much on 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 Killzone specifically, or the launch lineup in general. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say this: I've I mean, for the last yeah. week, my my, <laughs> it's funny because I usually go out of my way to read uh, reviews and articles from other websites, and I've kind of got a, a loose idea of what people are scoring. But in this case, my mind has been in so many places, uh, <laughs> and just a million different concerns the last week. So you know, I've been keeping up loosely. I know I read Polygon's console review on my way home on the train uh, coming back Wednesday, and right. at, at least in terms of so I've played. I mean, I've played Killzone, I've played Knack, I've played some, some a little bit of Battlefield and Madden and stuff, but uh, yeah. I would say that uh, Killzone's not a 5 to me. I don't think it's a 9 either, and um, if that's any indication, I think you could probably set my score down somewhere in the middle of those two numbers, but okay. uh, yeah, we'll have that review up. Um, I actually hope to, hope to write it tonight and then get alive tomorrow. By the time people listen to this, it'll probably be up. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've definitely been enjoying Killzone. I think if you're... Um, 
if you're a series fan and you know the story and and the universe pretty well, it's going to be right up your alley. Um, it it takes some it takes some ambitious uh, uh, steps, you know. It takes some t- some risks, and not all of yeah. those pay off. But I enjoyed it. Okay, let's uh, move on to another PS4 story, shock horror. Uh, PS4 will see a tremendous amount of evolution, says Mark Cerny. Uh, this is actually an interview with Polygon, funny we mentioned them. Um, uh, Sony has said it anticipates a tremendous amount of evolution for the PlayStation 4 during the course of its life cycle. Speaking during an interview, during an interview sorry, with Polygon, PS4 lead architect Mark Cerny was quizzed whether or not the next generation system is likely to undergo substantial changes as with its predecessor. Obviously, guys... PS3 um, went through several um, uh, hardware revisions, and it's now up to the PS Super Super Slim, isn't it? I think they called it Dub it or whatever Super Slim PS3. Uh, before that, it was the Slim PS3. That was August '09. Um, yeah. In response, yeah, so, uh, um, Sony said, uh, "I think we're going to see a tremendous amount of evolution. Yes, during the years of the PlayStation 4, we don't quite know what that's going to be, but we do know that the one constant is change." that what people want is rapidly evolving, and a lot of what we're doing is trying to figure out what that is and to get ahead of it. So there we go, guys. I think it's pretty... Um, they've done it for the PlayStation 1, 2, and 3. I think it's pretty obvious at some point we will get a redesign of PS4. Uh, what do you guys reckon? I mean, I actually like the PS4 in its current state is actually very... Um, for me, it's quite aesthetically pleasing. and it's not as clunky as the PS3 by any stretch of the imagination. So I think, actually, I think it's quite a sexy bit of kit. What do you reckon, guys? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be difficult for them to uh, to slim down the PS4 from a technical standpoint. Because if there's yeah, a yeah. a great a great uh, technical breakdown video that Wired released a couple weeks ago that shows like things are really really jam packed in there, and it's a really sophisticated layout and it's smart, which makes yeah. me think you know it's sexy right now, right? It's a really nice looking piece of hardware. You don't get any yeah. other kind of consoles or, or or Blu-ray players with this kind of angular angular look. Uh, so parallelogram right that's the shape i'm thinking of um yeah but yeah i mean i don't I, I, personally i don't see the need for it i mean it's as light mm. and about the same size as my regular slim is now so yeah no it's a, it's a good looking they done they done really um well with the ps4 i think it's one of my favorite designs definitely really really good uh what do you guys uh rest of you guys think uh ben paul <laughs> uh, yeah i mean obviously i've not seen, i've never seen the thing in person so i mean i'm sure i mean I'm sure it's a good-looking console. I mean, from all the pictures I've seen, from everyone, you know, who's have seen, you know. Yeah. I mean, it looks. Authentic. I think that's probably the biggest thing cool, cool. for me. So, yes, three apparently smaller than that, or about the same size. So. Um, with me, I think it it will be possible to make it smaller, but it, it's going to take a while. I think it's going to be a it's going to be at least about four years. I think before we actually see a slim model. Yeah, I doubt they're going to be able to squeeze two revisions. Okay, guys, um, this is a rather um, big story. Maybe not unsurprising, though. PS4 will have an Uncharted game after all. Yes. <laughs> that was yes. shocking news. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the next Uncharted has been announced for PlayStation 4 at, all, at the all-access pre-launch event. Uh, this was on uh, Thursday night, I think, early Friday morning. Um, not much about the story is given away after the brief reveal trailer, but it's definitely worth watching, uh, says mm-hmm. Fraser Miller. Um yeah, that's actually about all we know so far, guys. It's actually this trailer itself, for those of you who haven't watched, is, um, it's got quite a moody voiceover, clearly not Nathan Drake, as far as I'm aware. And um, it's um, glazing over some old maps. It has a very kind of pirate... There's, there's sort of an 
or pirate or yeah. fantastical things. Yeah, I would say it, it reminded me right yeah. away of some of the uh, trailers and intros to like Pirates of the Caribbean, the way yes. that the map was kind of yeah. being formed and scrawled in front of you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, I don't think it's a character that we've heard before. It certainly sounded no. like the potential villain. Um, yeah, yes, very true. Some people are actually saying online that it could be Francis Drake you're playing as, which would be really and very, very interesting. Um, development in terms of you know obviously going all the way back there and stuff i mean i wouldn't put it past and not um you know i think that's a possibility it would be very very interesting but what do we reckon of that angle do you reckon it's a possibility no i think it's going to be based on the storyline that was hinted at the start in, in a dialogue in uncharted one i really think it's going to be a sort of prequel not a prequel but back prequel cool I mean I think story yeah I think that maybe uh, it'll draw upon something that happened before the events of Uncharted 1 because I mean the guy mentioned something about uh, you know being stranded for 15 years or whatever so and, yeah. then, and it's something that Drake owes him right so so, yeah. so something in Drake's past maybe catching up with him where it's it's drawing from plot that we haven't heard before to set up something that happens down the line and i'd like to i mean i I really would like it to be a sequel because i feel that some things like drake and elena's relationship hasn't really been uh firmly resolved yet so yeah definitely um do we think that so i don't want to go on too much but do we think there's a possibility that they may it will carry the uncharted name but it might be a completely different set of new characters do you reckon that mm-hmm. do you reckon that's a possibility at all? I, I i hope not because to me that yeah. would be naughty dog committing to doing like two or three more of them you know what I mean? If you just yeah. totally introduce a new cast, it's like, okay, are we rebooting the franchise? And, I mean, fr- frankly, I'm a little surprised that Naughty Dog didn't... I want to see what their next game is, right? Like, what is the other team working on that's not... Yeah. You know, what, what's coming after The Last of Us? Because this... Well, there was there was talks of Last of Us 2, but The Last of Us 2 being like a pseudo-sequel where you're playing through the same sort of... The same outbreak. Yeah. But in a different part of the world as different characters. Yeah, so that was their idea of doing sequels for Last of Us, where it's. But just an idea tossed around, right? I mean, I I personally don't want to see that. Um, I think I think The Last of Us tells a really good self-contained story. So yeah, it is cool to see more Uncharted, though. Yeah, Um, yeah, I'm a massive fan of Uncharted. I mean, I honestly I could quite easily um, consume another three of those games. But there we go. But this is a perfect time to transition. to uh, the Last of Us DLC, which was announced since we were t- touching on uh, the Last of Us briefly, uh, this mm-hmm. is um, Left Behind, which is the first single-player DLC for uh, the Last of Us, and it stars Ellie, who of course is the um, female companion to Joel in the main campaign. However, this one is actually set before the main events of the game, and it um, focuses on Ellie and her buddy uh, Riley, I think. Um, yeah, girl's name is. It is a female. Um, and uh, they're in this um, boarding school, I think, in the um, military quarantine zone in Boston. Uh, that's about all we know so far, but it's got to detail you know, her exploits and stuff. And I think, I believe, some of this was touched on in a comic book that was released, or some sort of companion material that came out around the time of the game. Um, I remember reading about it. But yeah, um, I'm stoked for this. I love the lot. I absolutely loved The Last of Us, and I really, <laughs> really hoped that it would, um, the story DLC would relate to one of those characters i didn't i i for some reason i had a touching on what you um carl and ben were saying about um another group of survivors and stuff i thought it might have been something like that so completely um, disparate from the from the characters and story um in the main campaign but no this is bringing us back to ellie a character we're familiar with which i think is great i am looking forward to this how about you guys oh absolutely yeah i mean it's one of those things where i i kind of 
not forgot about the last of us but you know after i beat it and it was such a this amazing emotional experience like i'm i like very quickly moved on with games that were coming out at the time and that i hadn't played yet and so it's, it was I, I, I like totally forgot that like they had this uh story-based dlc in the works so hopefully i can find the time to play it when it comes out yeah, I, I'm with you there, Cole. I, um, I had a lot of stuff I was going through at the time. Assassin's Creed 3 was one of them. Obviously, it's a big game. So it was like, play the last of us. Like, oh my God, this is awesome. But I moved on straight away. So yeah, um, I, I owe that game at least another playthrough. I can tell you that. I definitely did not soak it all up the first time around. And besides, I got loads more collectibles. Um, uh, Paul and um, Ben, what do you reckon about the um, last of us DLC? Is it something you'll be interested in? Yeah. Um, I'm the same as you, I've only done one playthrough of the game and that's it, I moved on just like you guys, so yeah I think I wasn't part of the trailer spotted in a PS4 trailer for the DLC I'm sure I saw that so well, the trailer might have been just stuff for um, Playstation as an experience, not just PS4 well maybe I'll... I mean, it yeah, wouldn't surprise I'll... me it wouldn't surprise me if Last of Us came out for PS4. Yeah, I um, I know what you're on about there, Paul. I think um, that might have just been the general montage, like um, Ben said, to encapsulate PlayStation as a whole. But I would, I would love, I would buy it if it was on PS4. I'd buy it definitely. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add, Paul? Um, no, not really. I'm just saying that. I mean, cool. I d- I do want to go back to the game, so yeah. preferably on PS4. <laughs> but if yeah. not, I'll. Hopefully I can use a PS4 controller, at least, (laughs) on the PS3. Right. Well, um, speaking of PS4 and PS4 controllers, one game you will be using a PS4 controller with is um, Infamous Second Son, which has now got a release date of 21st of March 2014, which is just uh, four days after my birthday, which is pretty cool. (laughs) Great Uh, timing. Three days after my birthday. (laughs) Yeah. um, Oh, Jesus, my 30th birthday as well. Okay, we won't go into that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, this was announced also at the PlayStation All Access launch event in New York City. Um, A release date, guys. Not much more to say than that. Uh, We knew it was coming out early next year. I thought it was February, but, you know, one month later it won't hurt. Um, Guys, we must be stoked for this game, right? Infamous. Big PlayStation exclusive franchise. Yeah, I can't wait. I just want to remind everyone that are listening, make sure you head into into Game or GameSpot to pre-order... Um, infamous because anyone who pre-orders it will be automatically bumped to the collector's edition of no, for no charge at all oh, of course right. you want the more expensive collector's edition that costs you more still but the normal collector's edition you'll get the DLC where you get to see what happened to Cole after Infamous 2 and oh. you'll get a free real real beanie hat based off <laughs> what's his name Delson Delson, Delson. Yeah. you'll actually get his beanie hat <laughs> to wear oh, with accessory, <laughs> uh, rock that beanie. <laughs> um, and the actual expensive collection, I think, has a statue and a bit more DLC. But who cares? We can get a hat. Yes. Hats are awesome. Yes. Um, okay. Um, we're almost coming to the end now. But actually, I don't know if it's a rarity for the show. I think it might be. But this is news. But it's actually site news. But it's important, even nonetheless. Um, PlayStation Universe has today. This is uh, November fifteenth, so that was yesterday, uh, Friday. Sorry, because you'll be hearing this on the Monday. PlayStation Universe has launched a Twitch TV community program that will run alongside our official Twitch TV channel, PSU Live. Handpicked by PSU.com, we have ten community streamers on board who are dedicated to show some PS4 games with their private Twitch channels. You can discover more about our streamers in forums 
Um, so visit those where you'll be able to find related schedules. So, guys, this is obviously the next step in um, bringing PSU up to date with PS4 and everything and bringing on board new, um, attracting um, the PS4 crowd and everything. I think it's quite exciting, isn't it, guys? I was yeah, absolutely. I've been, I've been kind of watching. Spot. I've been tuning in on and off today. Uh, I, I forget who it was, just playing some Assassin's Creed 4, and I was just checking the community schedules in our forums, and we've got someone coming on to do some Call of Duty Ghost multiplayer this afternoon. So it's a super cool way to highlight what our community is doing. Yes, well, guys, this is obviously part of our um, um, uh, strive to like make PSU bigger and better as we go into the next generation. Because after all, we are, you know, the web's um, biggest independent PlayStation site. So we are doing this for you guys. And if um, the more people watch, you know, we really appreciate it, guys. So you know, um, get out your PS4s and start streaming. <laughs> you've got it. That's what I can say. You know. Oh, I can't sure. wait till I can start yeah. streaming. No, ben, I can't wait for you to start streaming either. <laughs> <laughs> the internet's not ready, I don't think. <laughs> is oh, the, is, are their bodies ready? Are their bodies ready? <laughs> uh, my, bo- my, body, my body has been Reggie for ages. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> oh, uh, this is actually quite a rarity as well. Um, I have another story here that's literally just gone up 40 minutes ago. This is brilliant. And it's by our very own Carl Prahl. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, this was um, uh, Assassin's Creed as well, actually, which is, quite, um, uh, which is pretty cool because we were just talking about that. PS4 Assassin's Creed 4 needs patch to run at 1080p. And Carl, obviously, you wrote, according to Ubisoft, the PS3, uh, sorry, PS4 version of Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag currently runs at uh, 900p resolution, but an upcoming patch will enable 1080p outputs. Yep, that's um, right. Yes, um, now this, um, this game is actually, this game is gorgeous. I've seen it running everything on the, um, the HD videos online and stuff, and then, you know, I can't wait to get, I mean, if it's... Um, I am, I'm going to be getting it, and I can't wait to actually um, get this patch because I just want to have a game that looks that good, just that little bit much better. Because I, I seriously, this is one P. I know Killzone looks amazing, but one game that's really impressed me on PS4, PS4 has been Assassin's Creed 4. I think they've done a great job. It's 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 it's, it's um, the subtle effects you've got to look for. What they've done, it's so impressive though. If you actually watch a side by side video with it, it's great. But yeah, um, Assassin's Creed 4. Um, uh, guys, are you um, well? Obviously, Carl. I mean, you, you're going to sit down and play that. Uh, you guys, the rest of you guys, like to pick this up at all for PS4 days? Um, probably not. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's sit down. Yeah, she's just sunk me. In, I don't know. <laughs> nah, I probably uh, won't be getting it until it goes down in price. Oh, yeah, okay. same here. Yeah. Mm. But guys, why? Wasn't 1080p supported to begin with? Well, Carl goes on to write, uh, apparently 900p enabled the team to ship Assassin's Creed 4 on day one with a frame rate that never dips below 30 FPS. With the additional time afforded by shipping at 900p, Ubisoft has worked out how to boost the game to 1080p on PS4 without making frame rate sacrifices. So there we go. Well, Kyle, the others may not be, the others be, may, may be quick to rain on our parade, but that pleases me immensely. That does that. Absolutely. That gives me a hat. <laughs> that works pretty well too, because by the time I finish Knack and review both Killzone and Knack, that that update might actually be live because it's not yet. So, oh, wicked. Uh, sorry. Just I... remember though that 900 is still better than 720. That's oh, very <laughs> true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, me. Uh, yes. Oh, guys. Um, also, while we're on the subject of PS4, um, we've also published a video on how to, or rather, Tim Noons, our executive editor for US, has published a video on how to replace your PS4 uh, hard drive. So, um, check that out, mm-hmm. guys. Also Trust got... me, it's one of the easiest things possible to do. Yes, it is rather easy, yes. Um, also, uh, and PS4-related news, um, guys, uh, Japan 
will be getting a, this is such a cool thing I had to mention it, Japan will be getting a premium package for Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes. And interestingly, in that particular country, the next generation version of the game will be coming as a packaged release as well as a digital download. Of course, over here, uh, Europe and the US, it will be coming out on PS4 and Xbox One as a digital release only. But um, yeah, there's lucky Japanese man, because I would buy it, because it's got a brilliant, it's got this uh, Peace Walker art book and a figurine of Snake, or Big Boss, as he should be known as. Um, but yeah, uh, speaking of Metal Gear, we are also going to be getting a PlayStation exclusive mission, I think. It's um, based on classic Snake, am I right, guys? Where you'll be playing as the PS1 skin version of Snake? Yep, that is correct. And you're exploring Shadow Moses. Yes. Um, this was uh, apparently Hideo Kojima's, um, sorry, Hideo Kojima's um, um, massive announcement he was teasing. I can't remember the exact word. I think he used mind-blowing announcement. Um, it's um, interesting. I wouldn't call it mind-blowing. I was honestly thinking it might have been Zone of the Enders 3 or something else, a little bit more substantial than the classic snake skin. But nevertheless, the um, retro fan in me will be eating this up. Guys, I'm just quickly um, yay or nay to this. Well, I'm thinking about importing it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the premium edition. I'm thinking about importing that from Japan. Cool, cool. How about Classic Snake? Is it something you'd be interested in? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, Kyle, Paul, what do you reckon? Mm, I mean, it's, it's, it's a cool edition. I'm not totally sold on, on, on Ground Zeroes or the Phantom Pain yet, but, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take, like a, like, a veteran MGS fan playing it and telling me that it's not yeah. as different as I'm afraid it is before I really, uh, before uh, yeah. I probably am interested in buying it. Well, in that case, you should listen yep. to Tim because he will definitely tell you that. Because that's uh, <laughs> yeah, Tim, for sure. Tim is our Metal Gear, uh, Metal Gear aficionado. Um, Carl, I'm actually I'm just hearing you say that. I take it you're not a massive Metal Gear fan. I didn't actually know that about you. I am actually. I'm, I'm a oh. huge Metal Gear Solid fan, but just um, oh, some of the some of the marketing <laughs> leading up to leading up to uh, well, its eventual release has been uh, really turning me off. And I actually yeah. had the chance to ask Hideo Kojima this in New York City earlier this week, and I said, you know, what's uh, what would you say to the fans that are really kind of skeptical skeptical of the new direction the series is taking? And and he and he assured me that it's you know on the surface it might seem like it's more of an action game or it's not taking itself as seriously, but that's really just what he thinks is taking stealth action, which the series has always been, to yeah. its next logical evolution, which would be open world. So, we'll see. Oh, I mean, okay, fair enough. Also, yeah. I don't know if you're going to go to this next, but I've heard that um, recent rumours, or at least recent written stuff, that if you buy Ground Zeroes, they'll be Hyde, I was hoping to have certain contact that content that's unlocked in Phantom Pain if you played Ground Zeroes. That would make sense. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That would, yeah. I mean, but he didn't say way. what it was or what they're planning to do, but they just want to give you a, a little reward for playing the Ground Zeroes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Maybe it'd be costumes, weapons, that kind of stuff, or yeah. perks, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. that. That's cool, though. I mean, I'll, I'll be getting it, definitely. Um, yeah. yeah um, Jesus, my voice is almost dying here. God, that's, um, <laughs> that's a lot of talking. Um, we've actually... Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I, I'm not going to admit that there's no way I probably covered everything there, but I think that pretty much does the main, the main chunk of the news there, guys. So that was, um, For sure. yeah, we're, um, we're happy with that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll just throw this out. Um, uh, kind of like semi, um, every like three months or six months, we get an update on the last Guardian. Here's the latest one. Uh, the latest news is that Shuhei Yoshida can't recall whether he played the last Guardian on a DualShock 3 or a DualShock 4. So 
is it is it alive? Is it dead? Is it on PS3? It's a it lie. It's a lie. <laughs> it's on PS4. Is it a burn? Is it a plane? Yeah, no. It's no. It's it's on the PS5. It's just in the future. Yeah, it is, comes what, back in time. Yeah, what is the last Guardian? Where is it? What is it? How is it? Yeah, is it alive or dead? Whatever. We've been there so many times. I I can't even be bothered to go over that anymore. But there we go. That's this the last is, Guardian. <laughs> I just got to bring one thing up for slight news, sort of. Yeah, go um, for it, Currently on Final Fantasy fourteen, the Lighting Returns event has started. Oh yeah. So man. if you've played for oh, if you yeah. play fourteen, make sure you, you you'll have a go <laughs> to get start getting so far there's been two chapters so you can get your hands and your legs and the weapons. But the chapters will be going up every two days. So when this goes live the next chapter should be out and then on Wednesday should be the last chapter. You have until the sort of like the first week of December to finish these chapters before they're gone till February and then once the February event's over it's gone for good. You won't be mm. able to get these again. Yeah, I better I, that's that's like my cue to dive back into that game because for the last week and a half I've been really pulled away by PS4 stuff so I should do that before it disappears. Oh and some more Final Fantasy 14 <laughs> news. Mid-December will be patch 2.1 with all the content. I won't talk about all the content here now because there's a lot of content to talk about. But 2.1 should launch mid-December because the next live letter is next week where they'll be showing off some of the content. Right, thanks for that, Ben. Um, I appreciate that. And it also gave my voice a rest. So that, that nicely... That uh, officially <laughs> rounds off the news, guys. That was rather interesting. That was a big week as well, but with some juicy stuff there. Um, now, ladies and gentlemen, or gentlemen, should I say, we now come to the part of the show where we discuss our topic of the week. And obviously, guys, it's Carl and his PS4. Which we are very, very jealous about. Um, I think just the console is the topic of the week, right? The topic of the week is not Kyle. No, no, Carl and the PS4. Carl and his PS4. It's you, Carl. Yeah. Not the PS4. Because Carl has been playing PS4, lots of PS4, and he's been playing a lot of games on the PS4 as well, which he will be reviewing for us very, very soon. Um, Okay, well, Carl, um, before we get into the um, nitty gritty and stuff, would you just briefly tell us like where you've been this week and stuff, and you know what sure, you sure. went to New York, didn't you? And stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring I'll bring listeners up to speed. So yeah. I was invited. Take to, it away. Yep, I was invited to the PlayStation Four review event in New York City on uh, Monday and Tuesday earlier this week. That would have been the eleventh uh, and twelfth. So I went out there. Um, Sony flew a bunch of uh, really prominent game journalists, writers, and personalities out to New York City to go hands-on with PS4. Um, get our retail units for review to bring back home, have developer interviews, you know, play as many games as we could get our hands on. So I spent all my time there uh, writing hands-on previews of the stuff I'd played. So if you go on PSU.com right now, you go to Browse to the Top, you click on Previews, you're going to see my thoughts about Killzone, Knack, Infamous, uh, Resogun, a couple indie games. That's, you know, that's what I was busting my ass doing uh, earlier this week. Yep. Um, Check them all out, guys, because they're worth yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and for sure, and giving your feedback and everything else. So, yeah, yeah that that being the case, you know, I, you know, sites bigger than PSU have had access to PS4 for a little bit longer. So, a lot of people were getting their reviews ready for Wednesday morning when the embargo lifted. Me, I didn't, you know, I'm not all about that at the moment. You know, I, we didn't, I didn't get nearly enough time with any particular game in New York City to review it. So I took a bunch of games home with me, and I've been playing them this week. And, you know, among the U.S. writers and staff, myself, Tim, Ernest, we've, uh, and Matt Fernandez, too, we've been kind of sorting out who's doing the next-gen reviews, right? So I can drop yeah. that info on, on listeners. I'm reviewing Killzone and Nat. 
Ernest is reviewing Need for Speed, at least. Uh, there, might be, there might be something else on his plate. I know Tim is doing Resogun and Contrast, which are two free PlayStation Plus games, and as well as doing um, next-gen updates on um, Battlefield. Uh, what was the other one he did? Battlefield and Madden, yeah. He was going to give us a little update on how the PS4 versions compare. So all this stuff's coming. Killzone's going to be the first review to drop, probably already live by the time you listen to this. But yeah, in terms of just what I've been doing, I mean, I got home earlier this week, uh, set up my PS4, downloaded uh, the day one uh, patch 1.5 on, I think, Wednesday evening. And I've, I mean, I've been massively enjoying it. I did a ton of streaming up on the site, uh, you know, just to kind of test it out. And then later I did a three-hour stream to celebrate the midnight launches here in the here in North America and yeah it's been you know it's been nothing but a great great experience for me so far I mean I've encountered my own um little issues here and there not console related stuff but like issues of oh where do I find this setting you know or how do I change this to do this other thing or how do I change which player the controller is tied to those kind of things like any new console take a little time to learn so yeah it's just been working through those and enjoying the hell out of the out of the day one, some of the day one launch titles. Cool. And as you mentioned um, earlier, Carl, you actually uh, met Dale Kojima and had a little chinwag as well. <laughs> I did, yeah. Yep. We, uh, so I, I saw a, a full kind of a developer playthrough of a mission from Ground Zeroes. And then afterwards, uh, we had the chance to kind of do a roundtable interview with Hideo Kojima. And I mean, that was pretty cool. I, you know, it wasn't an ideal interview format. I only get to ask a couple questions. Um, and it was pretty general stuff. I'm going to be working on those interviews and putting together some articles next week. I've just awesome, haven't, haven't been able to do that since getting home. But yeah, it was a cool opportunity. I took a picture with him. I mean, how can you not, right? Yeah, I saw like, that. That was, I was <laughs> like, oh, wow. You <laughs> pretty much once in a lifetime chance for me. And, and I mean, I yeah. remember when I was probably six years old, right? My babysitter comes over with his original PlayStation and he's fighting Psycho Mantis. And I don't even know what I'm watching on the screen. And the screen goes black and Hideo's name comes up in the corner. I remember asking him, what's Hideo mean? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's funny, right? Gaming memories go back so long and, oh, and yeah, things, yeah. Tell me about things it. culminate in weird ways. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've been in the throes of all this next gen news coming out. I mean, I've been following the, the issues that people are, some people are having after bringing their consoles home, been kind of checking on Twitter and seeing all the cool screenshots and videos that people are uploading using the share button. And it's just been an amazing week, an amazing weekend to be part of the PlayStation family. There's a lot to digest, though, right? It must get it is. Bit, yes, yeah, it is. Crazy. And it's kind of one of those things where, like, I mean, I could, you know, answer any of your guys' questions about kind of the console experience, how a certain thing works or feels, and kind of share my experience. But, um, yeah, I mean, I really don't even know where to start. Well, we'll make it easy for you because I um, I think I should shut up for a minute and let the rest talk. Um, ben, um, I'd like to put it to you now if you want to quiz Carl on anything you want <laughs> <laughs> to do with PS4 as long as he's obviously experienced it. So, uh, far away, I guess. Well, to be fair, I think really out of all of us, I think Paul's the best person to ask questions. Of course, you've, yeah, well, I, you, um, yeah, 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 I, I, yeah, I, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's all right, um, there's a reason, there's a reason, <laughs> yeah, so okay, Paul's, yeah. Paul's, Paul's digging out his, his, his sheet of paper with prepared interview <laughs> questions, yeah. right, honestly, you're okay. on the spot, I'll ask a quick question, and what do you think of the share function? I mean, I think uh, it's it's super easy to use, really intuitive. Um, I mean, it's 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 literally as easy as advertise, right? You hit the share button once. You've got your three options for video clip, screenshot, or broadcast gameplay. I mean, you sign into Twitch once, and those credentials are saved on the system. You never have to do it again. And it's um, I would say it's a little 
maybe a little lacking on options at the moment. Right now you can just change the quality of the stream, choose whether to enable or disable the camera, and enable or disable microphone. And I'm not really sure what else they would have in terms of option, but maybe some customization of the interface. I know it's super helpful for me to have comments appearing on my TV screen because I can just read them there and answer them instead of looking to a laptop. But a lot of people don't like that. A lot of people don't like having that overlay kind of on their stream and, and, and blocking their view of the full screen game. So maybe something where, you know, an option to have the overlay appear for you, but not for people watching, you know, just little, little things like that, that are kind of not all the way there, the kind of features that are really easy to add down the line. I also know that a lot of users are having trouble uh, archiving their Twitch streams. You know, there's an option in Twitch to automatically save your live streams as clips that last for a certain amount of time and you can you can do stuff with them and i've got that option checked and some people are saying that it is working with their ps4 streams for me it's not and for other people it's not so some you know little hiccups here and there that still need to be ironed out um, yeah uh, paul do you have a question or um what's like downloading games like is it an easier processing on ps3 because i know at times it can be a pain in the ass it's it's almost um, this is going to sound weird, but it's almost uh, confusingly easy. <laughs> and I mean, and I, I guess what I mean by that is, you know, you'll put in, for example, I'll put in Killzone disc, right? And Killzone needs to, first of all, you know, install a small piece of that off the disc. That takes like a minute, and then you're in the game and playing. But then patches and things like that are totally in the background to the point where it. I mean, this might be something to do with my notifications, but I'm like not even being told when games are downloading patches and it just kind of happens, right? And if I back out of a game and go to the top row where you can see notifications, I'll like dig in there and be like, oh yeah, a patch for contrast is downloaded and now it's ready to install. Um, but yeah, it's super automatic and I, and I think you can control what it actually does automatically and you know, maybe if you don't want it to do game patches constantly but yeah it's 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 so hidden and invisible in the background that i'm honestly having trouble figuring out kind of the specifics of it and how it works but i mean i've never it must be working because i've been jumping between games all the time and never had to wait for patches to install so and i imagine that most if not all of them had day one patches so i was actually watching someone stream um nba and i was kind of bored and it was taking it. It took. It was taking forever to install it. Is that Giant Bomb's stream by any chance? I can't remember who it was now. Was it, it a uh, Was it a game patch they were downloading? I don't know. It, no, it's the game was... installed. Well, that's yeah. all a Giant Bomb, and it took ages. And then I think yeah. by the time they it installed, they just had enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and have you seen that Madden glitch that happened? Oh yeah, Bomb? that was hilarious. That with, the, with the face that yeah. changes. The change yeah. of skin color, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's what's <laughs> kind of cool. And I, um, you know, I was thinking about how easy it is now with the share button and streaming and easy, easy kind of uh, clip sharing options. It's, it's like games are more vulnerable than ever to public criticism and kind of the, the spotlight. So I asked a couple of people like that, um, Gorilla especially. I said, you know, what, you know, obviously it's really cool for gamers to share their moments, but how do you feel that, you know? it's now easier than ever for if someone's going to find a bug or something funny and ridiculous about your game, like the world's going to know about that in an instant. And I mean, the responses were pretty universal. It's like as developers, they, 
they're not in this business because they're afraid of public criticism. And, um, you know, for them, it's just about you know, putting together the best product they can and hoping that whatever does get out there in terms of bugs isn't too negatively received. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure EA saw the Madden thing. I'll just face palm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Madden's Madden's a weird example. I, I, uh, I and I can talk about Madden now and I couldn't un- up until Friday morning because of embargoes. But that's like easily the least impressive of all the launch titles, not because it's Madden and because I'm not a big sports fan, but just uh, visually and in terms of maybe some of the next gen upgrades they did. It's like you'll have a you'll be like playing football and it's snowing and like everyone in the stands will be wearing T-shirts and shorts. Uh, it's very, very robotic motions. Animations aren't that great. Uh, I'm really, really underwhelmed by the, the, the technical aspects of it. Mm, that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, well, I've got a question now, Carl. If that's all right. Yeah, man, uh, go. Game uh, game related. I've actually been very meaning to ask you this for a while now, but um, because I'm curious. Um, uh, Knack, I understand, um, <laughs> isn't one of the most impressive first party releases. I just wanted, obviously, your review in a game and everything. Sure. We'll be able to see it from there. But without um completely dissecting it, what's um? Can you highlight some of the problems with Knack? Because I've been really sure. curious to know because I've been looking looking forward to that game in a way, just at the back of my mind. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, it's so in terms of problems, right? It's it's like it, it hits on what's cool about um, old school platformers, but it's lacking uh-huh. a little bit of the substance. So, you know, when you when I when I was watching trailers and stuff for Knack in in the months the months prior, I always thought it looked like God of War because you're in these kind of really static empty play spaces the camera's fixed and moving along with you there's there's a dodge that's mapped to the right stick and it looked more like a like a beat-em-up or an action game than 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 the traditional platformer they were kind of Mm. advertising it as and yeah i got that vibe yeah and i would say that after playing the game like that's absolutely true like my perception of it leading up to it is totally the case It, it it um the the weird thing is it tries to hybridize the kind of jump spin dodge mechanics of like a crash bandicoot or a spyro where things are just really really simple um enemies are mostly defeated using the same tactics it's tried to like hybridize that with like a god of war kind of gameplay setup and so in terms of platforming at least at least how far i am in the game which is only four chapters there's not a lot of intriguing platforming and and it's when you die or get to a challenging part it's not because you're trying to like time a jump to dodge a, a rolling stone wheel on a jungle path or or your your boar ran off track and hit and hit a you know whatever a spiky pole it's it's because <laughs> enemies enemies one shot you and you're and you're and you're often dealing with three or four of them at a time so i mean I guess I guess on its gameplay merits, it's 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 fun, it's polished. Uh, movement and jumping feels a little little janky to me. Not quite, not quite as tight and precise as some of those those uh, m- truly magical PlayStation platformers. I think it's yeah. going to appeal to families, and obviously that that was always the point, right? That's what Mark Sony yeah. told us. But I really think with its with its kind of couch co op, drop in and drop out with Robo Knack, I think that's really going to appeal to maybe the core PlayStation gamer who has maybe a son or daughter in the house that he yeah. wants to pass the controller to um i it feels it feels like a like a 30 or 40 dollar game to me uh after having played it for a couple hours i I can't imagine that it would have been a purchase that i'd have made for myself so i mean maybe that's kind of damning and and it's a little premature to say because i haven't 
you know, completed even half of the game, let alone the full experience. And uh, my review is coming next week. But I would say it's certainly one of the more underwhelming titles in the in the launch lineup. Cool. No, that, that falls in lines with falls in line with what I've um, been reading and seen as well. So yeah, cool. and it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate too because I know um, the associate producer told me in New York that like like Knack is a franchise. Like they are absolutely set on turning this into into a game with with at least one, maybe two sequels. Knack is going to be this character right. that they kind of institutionalize as part of the PlayStation family, and more power to them. But I hope as they do that, they take. Uh, you know some of the criticism of of this first title very very seriously moving forward. Yeah, totally. I think it's a shame in a way because it's a, like you said, it's a Mark um, Cerny game, isn't it? As well, and you know, yeah, yeah, he's, for like, sure. the, he's like the PS4. You know, he's the main man for the PS4 and stuff. And it was all one early on we saw it and everything. It was like one of those day one titles from when it was announced. So, oh, well, but there we go. Um, thanks. Probably that's Carl. what didn't help, like because he was so busy working on the PS4 and working on Knack. That is two different, completely two different jobs that he has to do at the same time. Yeah, he and did say of... it was div- quite divided. I think oh, he did actually give a quote on how split the um, his time. Yeah, was. if I am brightly yeah. now, he said he'd, he'd be in one office doing like working out how the CPUs work and working out the GPU. Then he'd have to go all the way down to another office and then decide <laughs> what's going to be funny or not for the game. And then he'd have to go back and do some more thing on designing the fans. <laughs> So his actual job was very confusing at the time. Yeah, I bet. So you can understand there being some issues. And it, again, it's a launch title. I don't ever expect huge amounts of anything from a launch title, to be honest. I should, right. but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Well, well, um, okay, let's carry on. Um, uh, who wants to go next? <laughs> uh, I, I might as well go next with... Um, yeah, go for it. What do you think of Remote Play? So I'm so far I'm pretty impressed with remote play. I think uh, I've so I, the way I've tried it just to give a, people an idea of my network setup is I've got my PS4 with a wired Ethernet straight to the router, and then the PS Vita is connected wirelessly to that same router. And I know that there are other setups that could work, you know, especially if you go outside of the house and connect with remote play that kind of stuff. But uh, the first time I tried it, it was in my bedroom which is one room away from the living room where all my stuff sat and it was working pretty well i've i've kind of been characterizing it as like there was a like a 0.25 second delay right and i'm just kind of pulling that number out of my ass i know it wasn't a full second so it's somewhere in there where it's 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 noticeable when you're looking for it but it doesn't really negatively affect the play experience and i've only been playing kill zone so that's like definitely putting it through its paces with like a twitchy shooter mm-hmm. and uh, i was totally able to play when it was working well even with that delay the game was playable although i don't know if this was like being in another room or what but every so often every maybe three four minutes i'd get this few seconds of like pretty heavy glitchiness where the screen gets really jaggy and kind of artifacty uh, if you guys know what i mean by that it's like it's like pixels blown up to be all these little squares and yeah, you like lose yeah. and you like lose control for a few seconds because it stopped like accepting the connection so it's just like holding on to whatever your last command input was and um and that'll that'll fix itself like a few seconds later it'll just be this quick kind of thing of of losing the connection and having to reset itself uh frustrating enough that it's you know not totally ideal but then the next day when i did it in the same room that never happened to me and i was just having the same consistent you know 
quarter second, half second delay the entire way through, which again, like I said, not perfectly ideal, but even for a shooter like Killzone, totally playable. And I imagine with other genres, it wouldn't hardly be noticeable. I want to try going to my mates and try and remote play over the internet. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, yeah, that'd be an interesting test. And I think, uh, I, I've been impressed by the visuals too. It, 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 it'll like hold itself to a, a really good resolution and really good clarity to the point where you can really pick out a lot of the same kind of really cool, like lighting and details that you would see on your big screen. And then there are every so often it'll, it'll like heavily compress itself and, and be really blurry for a while because it's trying not to hinder your actual controls in any way but well, the game um, what's your down scales to the maximum resolution of the vita screen right yeah um, which i think is 570p so that helps with the um, streaming and it also scales the frame rate to 30 frames mm, okay it caps it to a maximum of 30 frames per second no matter what even if the game itself can run at 60 Oh, that would be that would be interesting to to feel that on like Call of Duty or something when yeah. when the the fact that it is sixty frames is so ingrained in our idea of of what that is. But yeah, um, in in general, I've been I've been I've been impressed by it. It's definitely working as advertised, and I haven't brought it out of the house to really put it through its paces. But for what I would need it to do, which is pretty much just browsing menus and playing probably smaller digital titles, I think it's going to work quite well. Wicked. Um, Paul, do you have another question at all? Because if not, I have one I can ask. You go off the ears, I'll think. Come on. Cool, man. <laughs> okay, um, Kyle, um, I'm just interested. What uh, third-party game has impressed you the most in terms of the next-gen kind of like touches that they've added? Because obviously you touched on Madden being the, the poorest one. Sure, yeah. Um, it's it's Battlefield for sure. I think, yeah, and, and that's and I haven't played Assassin's Creed yet because I'm just yeah. I want to get like get these reviews out of the way and just dive in and commit myself. But yeah, when I put in Battlefield, um, actually I played a little bit in New York City and it like kind of blew me away. But then actually playing it here at home, it's like that game looks so good. Mm, on I'm not surprised. Yeah, and it's I mean I haven't played it on PC. I know that it's it's a visual powerhouse there as well. Probably. The, the be, arguably the best looking game ever made but on ps4 like i i have a really difficult time imagining it looking any better and for all i know it, it doesn't like for all i know pc and ps4 are in direct parody um it's it's amazing and it's running at 60 frames per second all the time i it's it, you like you gotta like you gotta see it to believe it man you got light oh, man the way light reflects off of objects or is occluded by other objects um particles dust floating through the air just just insane. I mean, Killzone is probably the only other game that gives Battlefield a run for its money on next gen. And I yeah. think, like, I think there's definitely something to be said for Killzone's art direction and how how that boosts it to be maybe more visually pleasing than Battlefield. But man, cool. as first, in terms of third party games, like, there's nothing like Battlefield right now. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I was actually thinking of. Um coming to a bit of extra money i pick up another um, game and i was looking at battlefield and maybe call I, i'm kind of i think i'm go- going off a bit of call of duty to be honest i was really looking forward to checking out battlefield so if it's if it looks brilliant if it looks as good as you say as a bonus then i think i'll definitely go for that yeah 
Yeah, man. Just I mean, just imagine playing the PC version on max settings and 1080p on your PlayStation. I mean, that's that's the experience you're getting. Oh, so remember bad. you've I can't, got can't 64 wait. player multiplayer on the PS4 as well. Yeah, definitely. True. Yeah, good point. And I'm not a massive multiplayer guy, but even so, that sounds very um, that sounds very cool because I've um, I haven't actually played Battlefield before. I should probably admit. So I'm looking to. I think this is a good place to start, isn't it? <laughs> cool. um, yeah, definitely. Thanks for that. Do, cup. <laughs> do you guys mind if I bring up something about um, bundles quickly? As you're talking about yeah, the prices. Yeah, go for it, and then Paul will ask uh, you the question. Yeah. Basically, game are often their, uh, their own bundles, which aren't that good, to be honest. I'm not going to promote them, because they don't deserve it. <laughs> but, <laughs> if you buy a PS4 in-game, I'm doing that, because I'm going for the Killzone bundle, Yeah. you'll get £10 off nearly every launch title. So you'll get Battlefield 10 quid off, Knack 10 quid off, um, Killzone, blah, blah, all get 10 quid off. And Lego Marvel will be half price. Wow. So, those are some pretty decent deals if you're buying in game. Lego Marvel. You know, I was just I was just thinking too. I know that the uh, the PS4, at least in North America, comes with ten dollars of PlayStation Store credit. And I was just thinking, I wish I had any of the PS3 games eligible for the digital upgrade because then it would be free. But I don't think I have any of those. Well, or you could just use it to put it towards your plus. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if we're getting the voucher in the UK though. It'd be interesting to see. Sounds good, man. Uh, what's up? What's up, Paul? Did you did you think of did you think of something? Yeah. Um, have you tried any of the non-gaming apps, you know, like Netflix and things like that? Have you tried any of those? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I definitely uh, I dove into Netflix that first night right away. Right, it's always kind of the go-to app for yeah. for my girlfriend and I when I'm not don't want to play a video game. Um, Netflix looks great on PS4 and it runs super well, especially being a heavy user of the PS3 version. It's like they've changed uh, the visual interface and and it's across all platforms now. But I think they coincided that with the launch of PS4, so looks really clean, great presentation and. Yeah, it's been totally hiccup-free. I mean, I, I should say that with a caveat because today, with all the the PSN maintenance and and weird stuff going on, I've have I've actually had trouble accessing Netflix. So I don't know if, um, you know, I I know on PS3, right? You could just sign into Netflix. You didn't have to be connected to PSN to use it. But it seems I'm not like sure because I, like... I've I've not been able to log into Netflix when PSN has maintenance. Oh really? Okay. I mean, it, it sort of depends. Like. I think because I have, for example, been signed out of PSN while something was playing on Netflix and still been able to to watch it. So in any case, I haven't been able to get on Netflix today at all, and I think it's because of PSN maintenance. But yeah, in general, Netflix is great. Uh, other apps, um, I did I haven't downloaded any other third party apps like Hulu or or Crunchyroll and stuff like that. I've used um, Live from PlayStation a little bit, which is just their their platform for viewing other people's streams while you're on the console. That works well enough. Not not really much to say about it. Uh, I have not used the web browser. That's probably the, the main one that... I mean, to me, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm never going to use the, the system's web browser for anything meaningful, so just haven't dove into it yet. But, yeah, Netflix is great. I can't I can't really think of anything else I've tried. I think cool. Netflix yeah. and Crunchyroll were probably the first things I'll download. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Cheers, yeah. Yeah, cool. no um, so, yeah, I'm sure it's got enough. <laughs> well, um, I've got another question, if that's all right, mate. Um, of course. It's about the uh, DualShock 4. I'm just wondering, in, in oh, yeah. general, um, obviously, it's not so much about the um, how it feels and stuff, but um, in terms of like the 
extra functionality on it, like the touchpad and everything. How, from what you've played so far, do any games take good advantage of that? Does it feel gimmicky? Does it work well? Is it responsive? You know, that kind of thing. Sure, yeah. I think um, I think Killzone makes really, really good use of it. There's something... So so you, you swipe left, right, up and down to change the 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 function of the owl drone that that's always with you in the campaign so whether you want it to be a, a zip line or create a shield or release a, an emp blast or just attack guys like it's super easy and responsive to just flick between them i mean only a very yeah. i mean it, it's, it feels about as sensitive as any as any touchscreen phone really you're just a very easy light flick in any direction and you're and you're golden so i think when it's used oh. like that it actually is beneficial and it's a really good substitute for having to do that with like button commands yeah but actually i mean in terms of wider support it's not it's not being used a whole lot uh, in fact I'm, I'm thinking about knack and again only four chapters in i can't think of any time that it's asked me to use the touchpad and that seems weird right because it's coming from yeah. mark cerny studio and as kind of a a, fl- a pseudo flagship launch title. Haven't haven't seen it used there. I mean, obviously it's used in the playroom because that's like the tech demo for PS4 functionality. But yeah, I mean, I can see how it would be really useful in the web browser as as a, as a substitute for the mouse because you're basically just using a laptop touchpad at that point. Yeah. But yeah, I think um in Killzone it's great and it's really just going to depend on how developers use it. In Killzone, it's a great example of actually streamlining something and making what would normally done with buttons a lot easier and faster yeah um but yeah i don't know i just does a i'm trying to think if assassin's creed 4 has anything with the touchpad i don't know if i uh, it yes it does use, use the um in-game map isn't it right ben yeah that is correct you can zoom around the map and t- um mm. pick yeah. stuff with the that actually see that that seems like another case where you might be able to get around faster and more intuitively than yeah. kind of using the right analog stick and triggers combined so well, yeah um, i think it's gonna be nice also, it's not a launch title, but Infamous uses the touchpad as well for using to unlock doors. Oh yeah, that's touch- right. Yeah. And I and I and I did um I did get some hands on with that too when I played it. You uh, they had us kind of scan our thumb on the touchpad as Delson was trying yeah. to activate this thing and then slide it in a certain direction or yeah. put our fingertips on it. Those kind of uses. And also, certain moves will also use the touchpad to for you to activate them. Mm, okay. Like, you know, the jump move where he jumps up in the air and smashes the ground. Ah, uh, yep, that was the, the karma bomb, yep. Yep, you'll be able to use the touchpad to do the karma bomb. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, Kyle, um, if you do get a chance to use um, assess- uh, play Assassin's Creed 4 before and get the, um, get for PS4, like, obviously, on the 30th, then do try that touchpad, because um, I've actually read that um, there were, um, I can't remember where it was, um, what site, but they said it wasn't quite it wasn't as responsive as you would find a normal um a touchpad to be like a like a phone or whatever like that it was a bit choppy oh. so it'd be interesting to see how you find it actually i don't know if that was just bad experience with them but i'd be interested to know because i'd imagine using the map would be with a touchpad would be so much better than using an analog stick oh, so for I sure. hope, yeah so i hope it is good um yeah uh, thanks for answering that man that's pretty cool that's uh, that's my question done uh, uh how about the rest of you got any more and Mikhail's here. Pick his brains. <laughs> Squeeze it like a sponge. <laughs> if we pick his brains enough, his brains would explode and we can steal his PS4. I mean, in general, like, I, I mean, another point I just thought that I could touch on is how smooth and fluid the, the user interface is in general. I mean, we're, you know, we're all so heavy PS3 gamers, so we're used to the XMB being really fast and really well organized. But um, other things like the PlayStation Store is just terrible. 
um, waiting, waiting for sign-in and trophy syncing takes way too long, all these kind of things. It's almost like they went through a laundry list of all the weird nitpicky problems we had with the XMB and address them all in like the smartest way possible. So the PlayStation Store, for example, is no longer an app. It's built directly into the console's hardware. So jumping between oh. menu items on the PlayStation Store is as fast as, as any menu item on the system itself, right? You're only limited by the speed of your internet in terms of how long it takes to load store items. So that's super great. Um, it's It's really responsive. I really like the layout of having sort of that top row that I'm sure you guys have seen with the small icons like party chat, friends list, settings. Um, that's really handy and easily accessible no matter where you are on the lower row of, of apps and tiles. The apps and tiles row I'm a little torn on right now because on the one hand it puts everything that you play often farther to the left, right? It goes in reverse chronological order of what you've used last. But there, there are some hiccups to it. Like I use Netflix periodically but for some reason netflix hasn't been put on that row yet it's it's still being stored in the the quote-unquote library folder where all the third-party apps are so not sure what's up with that maybe that's just by design um some elements of the main row take a like if you're scrolling really really fast to one side or the other you might see that kind of classic playstation uh rotating arrows, you know, the, the refresh symbol that, that appears for like a second or two while it's loading images, but you're still moving really fast uh, through everything and just the really easy access to things like friends and messages is great and new options for messages too. I was kind of surprised. I didn't, I didn't either remember it or know it, but you can send voice messages now and it's really easy. I mean, if you got the camera plugged in, you just talk for a few seconds, right? And it sends it. Um, or you can use the microphone attached to the DualShock. So, lots. I mean, there's a, there's so much to talk about. There's um, a lot, a lot of things that I like about it. Well, it sounds. Um, is it um, actually uh, in terms of like the gen- the general hardware itself and the functions? Is it um, when you boot it? I know it may seem a bit odd, but when you boot it up, is it fast to get going? Like as soon as you boot it up, are you away playing straight away if you've got a game going, or is it do you have to? Because I heard that it's um, longer than PS3 to start up or something like that. Yeah, you know, I, I read that claim too, and, and I, yeah. I was there in New York with some of the Game Informer guys who tested it and found their systems to be about 31 seconds of boot-up time. For uh-huh. me, it was less, and, and I guess I haven't sat down with a stopwatch to say, okay, from yeah. from the, the beep that of it turning on, which is the same beep as PS3, to <laughs> actual, like, the login screen, I feel like 20, 25 seconds is a pretty good bet, and, and that time is, is basically just the white PlayStation symbol kind of sitting on the screen while it boots up. But then and from standby mode, which is what my system is in most of the time, I would I would cut it at drastically less, probably ten seconds, twelve, fifteen, maybe. Pretty spry. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely pretty spry. I like that. Sweet, man. And um, <laughs> yeah, in particular, I think the one thing that you guys are really going to be blown away by is the speed from menu to game. I mean, we're so used to games, you know, you click on a disc on the XMB and there's like 10 seconds of boot time and then they're like a minute of, of like company logos. Oh, yeah, yeah. For for Killzone, <laughs> at least, when you hit Killzone on the XMB, the Gorilla Games logo appears on the screen and I shit you not, like nine seconds later, you're on the menu of the game. It just goes right to campaign. Like the first time it happened, the first time I booted the game, I thought it was like, like a joke, like somebody was pulling the wool over my eyes. I'm like, I'm looking at the menu. I'm like, this isn't 
I didn't, did I skip something? Was there an intro movie? But no, it's just like, boom, like you're right there, almost like switching back oh, and forth it. between desktop and a game on a PC. Kyle, what they've done is they contacted ESP, yeah, the people that rate the game, and they asked if they could put the sort of like the legal stuff after the credits. So once you beat Killzone, they should appear just after you've beaten it in the credits. I, I, I skipped the credits, so. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. But that's where all the, yeah, where it used to be at the start. Okay. You know, all that havoc and so forth, you know. Uh, sure, you know, sure. That will appear once you've beaten the credit screen. I mean, yeah, yeah it's funny. Beaten the credit screen. Almost, yes, it... I've survived credits. <laughs> it, it's crazy, though. Like, that was probably the most, you know, when I booted up my console for the first time on Wednesday, that was, like, the most dramatic thing I noticed is how quickly you can actually get into a game from the menu. And another a small tip for anyone that is buying a PS4, and I think about upgrading the hard drive, SSD does indeed cut the times for loading. It, it they did some tests and the average like with Resogun it takes about nineteen seconds to load the game mm-hmm. from XMB to you know just playing it. Um, if you've got a no- the normal hard drive that's built into the PS4, it takes nineteen seconds. If you've got an SSD in, it takes nine. <laughs> Very so, cool. but remember SSDs are expensive, very expensive, and yeah, of course. So it all depends on your budget, really, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, you have to. I, th- I think you have to buy one that's larger than one sixty, right? Or else it won't work. Yeah, you can't okay. use any hard drive smaller than one sixty. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, Why yeah, would you so, want to so anyway? I mean, when everything takes fifty gig anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I did notice uh, before I kind of jumped in on the podcast with you guys is that yeah. my available hard drive space is already like. Uh, dr- dramatically reduced. Like obviously, it starts at it starts at about four oh eight. Once you count like the OS and all that kind of stuff, and mine's already down at two fifty six. And I think part of that. So I've got like I mean, part of that is two gigs of stored video clips from uh, recordings and stuff. Just the just the automatic stuff it's doing in the background. But then it's just so easy when you don't have to wait for lengthy installations or lengthy downloads to just pop in a bunch of ps4 discs and and get some downloads off the store and like totally lose track of how much hard drive (laughs) space you're losing so i'll have to definitely i'll have to go in and uninstall uh maybe like madden or 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 whatever the games i don't plan on playing much anymore do you know why it has less space than you see on the box though cal well, I think that's uh, that's actually common for like I mean I know like iPods are like that even the PS3 is like that where some of the hard drive space is reserved for system operations. Um, well, no. and actually... oh, do you want me to go into a bit of detail? The whole point is um, to us one gig is one thousand megabytes. Mm-hmm. To the system, one gig is one thousand twenty-four megabytes. So we lose that twenty-four megabytes per gig. That's why. Oh uh, yeah, can... I mean, I, I I actually I actually think of a gig as being ten twenty four though. Yeah, most I mean, people I... count it as just one thousand though. Yeah, right. I, I, I was I, I fall into that category actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, okay, guys. Um, before we um, wrap this section up, um, do you have any more questions? Because I've got one which would actually nice nicely um, cap things off. Unless you want to uh, go first at all with anything, Ben. No, nope, I'm done. Cool, uh, Paul. No. No. You sure, man? Paul's good. Yeah. Man. Okay, well, okay. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm ready for my console now. 
Yeah, hell yeah, man. <laughs> okay, well, Carl, I think you hopefully you appreciate this question. Um, in your opinion, Carl, and we probably know the answer in a way, but what the hell? It's fun to listen. Um, what in your opinion, from what you play, what offers the define next generation experience? I this is PS4. Next generation is here with this game. Uh, depending on how easily impressed you are, I'm not sure that experience is there at launch. And I know, oh. I know that's that, that's a that's probably a really deflating answer to hear. But, actually, um, no, it's actually quite an interesting one, believe it or not. I yeah, because I, I think I'm 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 kind of a I'm kind of a postcardy, nostalgic type character by a by by personality. So I'm so I I do tend to get very very wowed by things. So I think um for me, it was Killzone, and it was stepping out of this kind of like dark industrial facility early in the game, out on this cliff, and you're looking out over. The entire Vecta city, the wall that separates uh, the Vectans from the Hellgast, uh, the statue of Skolar Fasari, and like the sun is cascading at you over the statue. I mean, it's hitting trees. You know, you're you're running through the game and you're seeing your reflection, like your fully rendered reflection on everything, or excuse me, your shadow. Um, you're in multiplayer and you're entering a room with like, you know, say like a blue lamp or spotlight or something. And the lighting is so intense and and real that it's like, you're at a disadvantage by looking at it, right? Like if you're looking at light, you're kind of blinded. I mean, if you're looking in direct harsh lighting, so you want to stay away from that and, and, you know, specifically finding spots in a map that are a little bit darker or which blend with your colors a little more to hide. So I guess Killzone, the sum experience of its of its best graphical moments, which are which I won't spoil some that come later in the game, but there's some seriously cool settings and interesting stuff. Um, I think Killzone frequently put in my head that like this is next gen and this is here. But if anything, I think the experience of the console more so than any particular game feels next gen to me. I mean, the automatic downloads, being able to jump so quickly between a game and the menu, like literally instantaneous multitasking, um, you know, recorded messages, the new way that friend profiles look, all the system uh, stuff comes together to feel next gen to me. And then as in terms of games, it's got to be Killzone because Battlefield we already had on PC. Um, I, I yeah. consider Battlefield 4 to be a current-gen game uh, in my head, yeah, but yeah, the Killzone's mean. art direction and how far that franchise has come, because you can compare it to past PlayStation generations and see like its evolution from, from point to point. And I think anyone who puts in Killzone on day one or you know, for you guys, day one, is I mean, you're going to be blown away both by the art direction and, and what's possible now. Only 13 days to go. Right. Awesome. <laughs> for sure. Thanks for the answer. That's, um, I yeah. hope we... Um gave you opportunity to talk um a decent amount there. i hope you feel quite um content with that <laughs> i do yeah and i would just uh i would just say to readers like i mean absolutely stay tuned we we you know i've got back with the playstation 4 and, and launch games uh early this week or middle of this week um definitely not enough time to give the console the the adequate thorough review that it deserves uh same with the games we're just now going to start seeing our first ps4 game reviews go live uh not counting Ernest's call of duty review from a couple of weeks ago yeah. but uh, definitely stay tuned to the site like look for our reviews our our full scored review of the console is coming we're going to be bringing multiple ed- editor perspectives into into play for deciding the final verdict um right. yeah uh, and K- uh, killzone's going to be the um first software um review from you is that right yep cool epic yeah so definitely guys stay tuned for that as carl said and uh, well, thank uh, well, thank you, Carl, for um, talking about that. That was very, very interesting. I mean, especially for us poor 
poor Brits who have got to wait all this time for a PS4. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that was man. wicked, Absolutely. man. It sounds like you had a great time as well. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the the trip is another thing entirely. I could wax poetic about the trip for days, but... <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'll definitely talk to you about that separately, I think, yeah. So, I'm glad to hear you had a great time, and I can't wait to get my hands on that console now more than ever. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> okay, well, that was our PS4 feature there, guys. Very extensive. I hope you appreciate that. Um, okay, well, it's just trying to get back on track now. Wow, coming down from that PS4 hype. Um, we uh, have a couple of reviews to go over. Um, I don't actually know whether we covered Assassin's Creed on the last podcast. If anyone did listen to it and let me know, um, that would be a good time. Did anyone hear last week's podcast at all with Dane? Do we know if they covered Assassin's Creed 4? Uh, I did not. Okay, I'll take that as a note from the rest of the guys. <laughs> um, okay, well, um, just to cover my ass, because um, we've already got three reviews to do anyway, including this one. Um, I reviewed Assassin's Creed 4, and I gave it a 9 out of 10. I was very impressed by this game. I did enjoy it, and... Um, even though I'm a massive Assassin's Creed fan, obviously I, um, you know, always objective with this um, kind of stuff. But it was really, really impressive. Um, I, um, my summary was: uh, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag reinvigorates the series after its patchy performance over the last few years, making it the best game since Brotherhood. In my opinion, Brotherhood is regarded as one of the best Assassin's Creed games from what I've read, though. Um, I liked the uh, stunning visuals, the massive game world packed with a diverse range of activities, and the fantastic naval combat, which is a real highlight. Um, however, I, I dislike the uh, minor technical hiccups, which are basically you know, some glitches and things like that, um, floating enemies, you know, or objects, just things like that. And I was stuck on the scenery once, which made me restart, which was a bit annoying. Um, and the fact that the um, main mission is still tired and, untired and uninspired, it's just kind of um, rinse, wash, and repeat. Um, I won't go into too much detail on this because we probably did cover it last week but um yeah it's um it's a great game it takes basically in a nutshell it takes the best elements of assassin's creed 3 and it expands upon them so the naval combat and it just basically gives you the biggest assassin's creed world to date there's so much to do the graphics for production values are superb and this is on the current gen i might, might add uh the the um the ship the naval combat is 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 so it's, it's just fantastic it really is the highlight of the game there's so much um depth to it and strategy um it's um you know you, you're constantly upgrading your ship as well which is great so you're pushing for more pushing to get more power you're um you know you need to collect as much cash as possible so you're constantly raiding forts seeing um mm. plundering ships and everything and obviously there's lots of hidden um treasures throughout the world there's like 17 unique unique locations it's like literally you go through this game with an um a, say you're on the main quest right i'm going to do the main story and you will get distracted by there's an island over there. It's got some loot on it. There's a ship battle going on there. You want to take part in it. There's a Mayan ruin over that way. There's a, a diving bow section that you can go down and dive and check something. There's this, there's this. There's so, I had never been so distracted by all these different things in the game before in Assassin's Creed 4. There's so much content in there and it feels, it's so cohesive because you're a pirate and you're doing everything a pirate does. There's nothing that stands out. It's like, mm, that's a bit odd. It's, it's such a cohesive game. It's fantastic. It really is. I love it to bits. So if that's enough wax and lyrical on that, I think. <laughs> but yeah, I love this game. Um, if you guys are thinking of getting it, um, obviously Carl's got it. But um, seriously, Ben and Paul, if you do get a chance to try it out, do you don't have to play the old ones at all. Just jump in with this. Um, I know. Next... I've watched my mate play it a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you watched it, so that's good enough. <laughs> okay, next we have um, Stick It to the Man review uh, by Richard Archer. Um, I haven't actually heard of this game, but he gave it an 8.5. Uh, summary, a brilliant, in- a brilliantly insane in the brain platform puzzler, an indie gem. 
Uh, Richard liked the clever puzzles and fun platforming, the superb dark twisted humour, always a good thing, uh, the giant pinks, um, oh my god, what on earth is this? A giant pink physics spaghetti arm that reads minds. Okay, never heard of that before. That's um, I think I'm okay. I want this game now. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I, I was sold on spaghetti arm. Um, uh, however, he disliked the uh, uh, the fact they wish there were more levels and a few extra trophies would have been nice. Um, as I said, he gave out an eight point five. Um, indie puzzle game there. Stick it to the man. Um, and last but not least, guys, just went for the page to load. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, this is obviously we haven't had that many reviews go up this week because we've been all um, busy. But PS4 reviews will be coming next week, which is going to be crazy. So watch out for those. Is Castle Storm by mm-hmm. Dane Smith, our former Japan ed- editor? I say that because he actually lives in Canada now, not that he's left. Uh, he gave it an eight out of ten. His summary is a potentially new strategy hit on the pro circuit. The single player aspects are short, but this game is all about the online multiplayer competition with lots of subtle depth. That will make any Korean pro go crazy. Dane likes the subtle depth that rewards creativity, the fun, cooperative, and competitive multiplayer, the balance and the balanced game economy and units. However, he dislikes musical score. Musical score is lacking that old Fortuna hit song. Uh, no single player depth to keep coming back for more, and the lack of a map editor. Um, as I said, he gave it an eight out of ten. That is Castle Storm. Um, that's it as far as reviews goes, guys. Um, We've uh, we're sort of coming to the um, twilight stages of the um, podcast now. Um, do we, um, Ben? Do you want to um, announce anything at all? Is there anything um, community-wise or anything that's going on you want to talk about quickly? I just want to quickly talk about the whole streaming thing. The fact that the staff will also be streaming in the future as well. Well, they already are. Carl's done some amazing streams already. Very true. I don't know about amazing. Ah, <laughs> oh, they were amazing. I was watching. I was like, oh. that could just be because I can't play them. But still, maybe. Um, and I'm hopefully going to start doing giveaways in the future during my streams, which will start on the thirtieth if I can get placement. If I can ask PSU to let me, can I stream? Can I stream? I'll ask <laughs> them like that, and maybe I'll get a stream. Oh, yeah. uh, I think people hate <laughs> to see you stream. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's not even a question. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll just get bored of my voice. They'll be like, no, it's him again. Why is it? Anyway, that, I'm gonna, anyway so I'm going to start give, doing giveaways for the the streams. I'm, in the next Carl's, next one of Carl's stream, I'll hopefully have another giveaway to announce cool. then. Um, and in December, my big session of giveaways will start on the 1st of December. Yeah. And it will end on the 30th of December, and you'll have giveaways from every day. Every day. Not e- every day in December. Every site needs a chili. <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this part of Zodmus, or do you consider Yeah, this, your... it, this is Zodmus. Nice, there we go. Yeah, this is Zodmus, because it is the fourth anniversary of Zodmus. So, <laughs> get ready for some Zodmus. Okay, okay, guys, here we are. PlayStation Unchained and the PS4 launch week. PSU.com's one and only podcast. And we are moving on now to um, what we've been playing 
obviously Carl pretty much covered that. Um, yeah, yeah, for myself. A shitload of PS4 games. Um, so, uh, Carl, was there anything, have you had any kind of spare time to go on anything else other than your kind of review commitments, shall we say? No, in fact, I was just thinking that I, I've been pulled away from Final Fantasy fourteen for longer than I'm comfortable with. i got to get back in and, and do the lightning event sometime, but hopefully I'll, uh, I'll sign back in to do that after I review Knack, and then after that, Assassin's Creed Four is... Excellent. Is, is well, that... That makes things um, relatively easy for you there, Carl. Um, I've been actually busy, apart from Assassin's Creed 4, which is, is um, I'm still, you know, I'm going through more of the um, finer points on that now. I'm sort of tidying up some islands and stuff. Still loving that game. I, I, I swear I just can't sail past anything without trying to blow it the hell up or board it or whatever. But um, apart from that, I've actually been playing Bioshock Infinite's Burial at Sea. Um, actually, by the time you guys um, listen to this podcast, which should be on the Monday, uh, this uh my review actually should have gone up but um this for all you for um those of you who don't know guys this is uh, part one of the story dlc for bioshock infinite this takes place in rapture which is of course the setting of the original bioshock and its sequel and it reunites um because of wit and elizabeth uh this time um basically it's um when you first go into it it's like nothing else well i'm obviously not going to spoil anything but none of the events of um infinite actually transpired and you're uh, basically as Booker, private detective, you're hired by Elizabeth to look for a um, girl named Sally. And you do get, you see, there's a lot, without spoiling too much, you do see a lot of familiar faces and familiar sights in Rapture. It's a, it's a real visual um, treat feast for um, everyone um, who's played the original Bioshock. I really, I really enjoy it. Like, you know, there's a lot of parts at the beginning where you can just walk around and soak up the atmosphere and look in the sights, approach characters and they talk to you, all that kind of stuff, much like the beginning of Infinite. Um, this, um, it's um it's a really good piece of DLC. It's very um like I said, you'll read my review, so I won't go into too much. But um, it's very short, which is its main pretty much only shortcoming. But the basic bread and butter gameplay is the same with a few tweaks now and then. So it's great. It's much more claustrophobic than Infinite, which is kind of adds a new kind of strategy element to it because stealth is far more prominent this time around, and ammunition is scarce, and I mean scarce. We're talking, honestly, we're talking survival horror scarce here. I haven't actually been checking my guns and ammo so much as for like, since I last played, oh, God knows, Resident Evil Zero or some, something like that. I don't know. We're talking like a decade here. It's um, It's really had me looking really carefully managing my ammunition and my house so i found that quite interesting um you can still um buy you can still upgrade your gear you can use the sky hook and stuff which i actually found felt felt kind of out of place because obviously you're under the sea and stuff but even though you have the sky sky railings there to use it didn't feel like it was necessary it was almost saying it's almost like it was saying oh this is infinite by the way you know we've got the sky railings but to be honest i didn't really use them that much so it was kind of um that kind of fell out of place in a way, but not as a detriment. But um, yeah, it's um, it's short. That's what I will say. There's part two, obviously, but this is very, very. It is short. I would describe it. I know it's a cliche. It's short but sweet. The quality is there, but the quantity is lacking. But you know, this is Levine quality. So you know, it's it's worth. All I would say is it's definitely worth it. But yeah, I would love to. I would have loved to see a bit more from it. But it's wet my appetite for um, uh, episode two. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um. Apart from that, I have also been playing, I'm delighted to say, Tearaway, which I previewed a couple of, uh, roughly, but actually more like a month ago now. Uh, this review will be up uh, later this week. It's a great game. It's got a medium marketing stamp all over it. It's a great little charming platformer. Um, those of you who don't know much about it, I suggest you read my review, guys. Just search for Tearaway on the search bar and check out the preview I wrote there. It's, um, it's very much a selling point for PSV as kind of the unique functions. You will use the rear touchpad, 
and the camera a lot with this. Uh, it actually makes use of those features very well. It doesn't feel tacked on at all. You'll be using it to navigate parts. But it, it all forms, uh, in, in terms of navigation and puzzles, you will use it a lot. It feels really, really good, natural. It doesn't feel tacked on, as I said. Um, it's, got a, it's got a great charm about it. The characters are very, very unique. It has kind of like this, obviously, as you probably guess, this kind of paper aesthetic to it. And it's very, very, very reminiscent of Paper Mario. The, the stages are vibrant. They're really unique. They're, they never get dull. There's a lot of change. There's a lot of changes going on in terms of the environments uh, and, to, and progression. Um, it's, uh, it's, it, from what I've played so far, it's a great little game. Um, obviously, I need to do a lot more before I actually review it, but um, I'm really enjoying it, actually. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping this will be a popular seller for PS Vita because it definitely deserves it. It's, it's a great game. Um, that's about it, really. It's been pretty much... Um, yeah, those two games for review and Assassin's Creed when I got time. Um, that's about it, really. Uh, ben, Paul, how about you guys? Who wants to go first? Uh, ben, how about you? Uh, uh, just one quick thing, actually. I keep wanting to bring this up for you, Mike. Yeah, sure. Um, you know you did that Halloween special a while ago, which was pretty good. Must admit, I liked it. Yes, uh, yes. Did you know that Devil May Cry was actually a beta form of Resident Evil 4? <laughs> ben. You're talking to the Resident Evil fanatic here. Yes, I do. Ah, sweet. I just wanted <laughs> to, yeah, because I brought up with Dana afterwards, and he had no idea. Yeah, no, sorry, I didn't mean that. That sounded a bit of a, I sounded a bit dickish there. No, I did know actually. Um, yeah, but that's um, that's that's quite an interesting point that not a lot of people do know. But yeah, I um, I try and soak up everything I. Can oh, I expected you to know. That's why I didn't bring yeah. it up straight away. Actually, I would. I would love people to actually challenge me and find out something I don't know about Resident Evil. In fact, email me, podcast at psu.com. Did you know? See, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Seriously, mate. Okay, so um, then, um, what have you been playing, mate? Uh, well, pretty much, I can't talk about one game that I've been playing, even though I splashed it all over Twitter. I, I better not say anything about that. Um, and then there's also Fantasy fourteen. That's 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 about it. 14. I'm not surprised you've been on that like a demon for the last like couple of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I've pretty much I've finished Monk. I've got my relic weapon finished. I've got my end game armor finished. I'm working on the best end game armor now. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm level up um, scholar. I'm level forty at that. I'm level forty two miner. Level fifty goldsmith. Level fifty monk. It's just insane what I've been doing <laughs> on that game. Wicked uh, man, you're still enjoying it, yeah? Oh yeah, and I'm really enjoying the lightning event, but I'm a bit disappointed that all the weapons are level 13. I know it makes sense. Get pharmacy 14, pharmacy 13 event. The items are level 13. <laughs> oh yeah, I see what they did there. <laughs> yeah, but um, I would have preferred some higher level items because on chapter four, which will be the 20th, uh-huh. the event will be level 45 but you'll still get level 13 items. Ouch. So it's <laughs> kind of like, well, that seems pointless for those level 45s. Uh, <laughs> interesting. But, but... Yeah, that's about all I've been playing recently. Cool, man. Um, I should probably, excuse me. Oh, well, you can tell it's t- um, late over here. Um, you sh- uh, I should mention about Terraway, guys. Get used to seeing your face a lot because you will see your face in the game. Actually, the sun in the sky, your face will be in the game a lot looking at you. So get used to it. So in my case, um, I probably need to have a God knows how many layers of foundation on before I could stand looking at myself. But that's another story altogether. Um, Paul, what have you been playing, guys? Mate? Um, I finished Assassin's Creed 3. Uh, I oh, think wicked. in the last in the last podcast I said I was playing it. I got the turkey eventually. 
Assassin's Creed. Way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also got the very first Formula One game for the PS1. Been playing that. It hasn't aged as well as I thought it would have. It feels a bit <laughs> very dated. Yeah, so it's like, uh, feels very basic in terms of the gameplay, sort of the physics and that, compared to modern games. But still fun, very nostalgic. And I've also been playing um, Crash Bandicoot 3, which has aged a lot better. Oh. No PS1 game, that's it. Going for PS4 now. Backlog be damned. Um, wait, Paul, oh God, you're going to hate me for this, Paul. Um, I actually just received an email that was really, really intriguing. Carl will know what it is because he's just sent it out to the team. And I completely didn't hear what you said, didn't age well. What game you were talking about? Um, which one? Crash Bandicoot 3, right? No, yeah. he was no. talking about the game that didn't age well was Formula, Formula 1. 1. Oh, right. Very first first one. Game. Oh, yeah. right. Jesus Christ. I thought you might have been talking about Resident Evil 2 or something like that. And I would have to literally <laughs> come to your house and talk to you <laughs> very harshly. <laughs> oh, right. Mike, no, smash. I can, imagine, <laughs> I can imagine, actually, Paul, that would have aged quite badly. But um, nice to see you doing some retro gaming there. Carry on, dude. Sorry. Um, well, I've done now. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you interrupted just Mike as I was about to finish. emails during the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah. Uh, Carl, you're not the one. You're not the one I'm talking about, man. That made me smile. That did. That really did. To be fair, I'm reading Twitter as we're podcasting, so I can't say much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've just seen the email. I think yeah. you sent it. To us, yeah. Oh yes. Fail. That's all I can say. <laughs> Fail. Um, hard. Um, okay, guys. Well, we're about to wrap things up. Um, blah, 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 blah. We don't actually have any emails to read out, I don't think. Or if we actually, let me check because I realise I can now use search function on my emails. I didn't even know that. <laughs> um, I'm actually looking for Alfonso because he's the guy who already seems to email us these days. Um, uh, we have one from November the 6th. Again, I don't know if those guys read it out because I didn't hear the last damn podcast. But um, he asks, um, oh, first of all, hi, Fonz, how are you doing, mate? Um, he says, do you guys know if a PS4 hard drive is identical to the PS3 in terms of length and width? I have a terabyte hard drive for my PS3 and want to put it in the PS4 so it saves me from buying. Um, uh, guys, um, you can obviously you guys know, uh, Ben and Carl, you can answer this. Um, so uh, what it is, is, is it the same or not? I take it it's not. <laughs> it is. Um, I think it's smaller. I don't have an objective like size All comparison because right. I don't really take my stuff apart. But um... yeah. no, it's, It should be the same hard drive size. It's a 2.5 right. inch laptop hard drive at maximum of 9 millimeters. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, it should be, it should fit fine, Fonz. And it should read faster because it's a SATA 2 port instead of a SATA 1. So the data transfer will be faster than the PS3 version as well. Oh right, okay. Wicked. Even if, if even if he has an upgrade, even if he's using the same hard drive as he's bought for that, oh, if right. it's a, if a different type of hard drive, you know, it will be backwards compatible with the PS3, with SATA one. But when it's plugged into SATA two, it should run at the speed it's supposed to run at. Oh God bless you in your um, techno wiz- wizardry, <laughs> Ben. Thanks um, for Oh, he also he also asked about. Um, express an interest in writing actually um unfortunately von's um tim newton's is actually reviewing arkham Origins blackgate i believe so um unfortunately you won't be able to uh cover that but we really do appreciate the offer there i'm, I'm writing that aren't we guys tim newton was doing blackgate okay. uh, that's correct i think he ran into some technical issues with the campaign and he was deciding how to respond to those but yep that's on his plate okay cool well anyway Fonz, please do get in touch again mate um it's uh 
the uh, next podcast will um well this is technically or well, i don't know is this class is a uk one or a us or a mix one it's or a, a special it's a special uh, boy I don't one even know, man. <laughs> yeah we don't know what this is actually we're just doing this in, uh... it's a thing that exists that's happening yeah, it's a thing yeah it's a thing that's on used to say um yeah send us another email um fonz i've no doubt you've been playing your ps4 like a demon so we'd be really interested to hear how you're getting on what your favorite games are your experiences and we will definitely read out your opinions and comments or questions indeed questions if you have any um on the next podcast and that goes for all you guys podcast at psstudio.com please shoot us an email seriously guys please uh-huh. and we will read them out um i've got an okay. idea i've got an idea i've got an idea okay. go for it we need to get fonds yeah onto the community streamers yes 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 we yes do. there we go <laughs> In fact, he should be a damn guest on the podcast because yeah. we do need to start doing guests. Seriously, we always said we would do guests, and if anyone deserves a place on the podcast as a guest, it would be Fonz. Yes, you do. Sure. Yeah, definitely. So, that, well, that's something seriously something to think about there. But yeah, anyway, hope you're doing well, Fonz, and all our listeners out there, guys. Please email us podcast at psu.com. And I think that is a wrap. Am I missing anything? Because my brain's slowly falling asleep because it's t- I'm getting late here. And I'm just thinking. Oh man, about I think PS4. I think we served a, a heaping helping of PS4 information today. Yes, we did. This has been our longest podcast on the um, Unchained segment by far. I think um, definitely, uh, but it's very very warranted. I think it's over nearly two hours. Shit. <laughs> okay. It's all good, man. It was for good reasons. You know, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope Richard won't hate us too much. <laughs> Richard's our editor. Bless him. Um, okay, guys. Well, um, unless there's anything you want to quickly say, I, I, I know, Ben, you like to do a few shout outs and miscellaneous um, stuff. They do it now, so go for it. Anything? I'm going to use my user shouts out there. Yep, go for it. Go for it. As always, I like tweeting you with Crimson. I'm looking forward to a YouTube show, which should be soon. And I'll be a special guest on that show eventually, which will be good. Um, Chin, I'm really looking forward to having you on the podcast. It's a shame everything's been keeping pushing back. And I'm going to change it this week. I'm going to twist it around. I'm going to twist words. Thank God for Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank God. Yes, that actually brings me, Kyle. It's been awesome having you on the podcast. It's been awesome talking to you as well. Absolutely, man. I'm glad. It's, it's funny It's funny that in a week as, as crazy and awesome as this week, it's the week that I could find time on a Saturday to record. So yes, I'm very happy. Right. It's good talking to you guys. Yeah, it's been uh, it's um, been great um, hearing about the PS4. It sounds like you had a great time, and I'm very much looking forward to reading um, your reviews as well. Very, very much looking forward to reading those. And um, on a personal sure. note, it's been great talking to you as well in general, because as you said earlier, it's been ages. <laughs> been a long ass time um uh paul any shout outs or anything you want to say uh no <laughs> simple no so, shout outs to sarah paul <laughs> no, <laughs> sarah. no. Uh, personal friends oh okay hi sarah i don't know who you are but hello <laughs> <laughs> um um me no 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 shout outs for me i don't think um just thanks guys for listening again uh this has been episode 15 of playstation unchained 14 yes, no, it's been it's fifteen. Trust is me. Fifteen. Wow. Yes, it's fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> trust me, I looked. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, thank you for listening again. We will be back again roughly the same time um, next week. Um, we hope you guys are all enjoying your PS4 out there. And the um, obviously the um, European and UK guys have to wait a little bit longer, but it's less than two weeks now, so just hang in there. And um, check out, um, keep an eye, keep your eyes peeled on PSU.com for our reviews of all the PS4 launch titles. And also keep your eye on the streaming shenanigans going on as well, because we're getting right in the thick of that this time. Um, well, I guess that's it, guys. Thank you for joining me. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening, guys. Ciao. See you later. Bye. Later. Laters.
Bye.